We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, Senior Editor here at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, Lead College Football Writer here at SportingNews.com. And Bill, uh, welcome into our Tuesday edition, where we're going to look back a little bit as to what has, has uh, gone on. We, we, we don't have a coaching uh, change to discuss, but uh, we still have some coaching news on that front. And... Uh, then uh, tomorrow's edition, Wednesday's edition, we're going to look forward to a spectacular week seven. Do you agree? Yeah, you know, we're getting on the midseason point of the season. Um, super excited about this weekend with the top 10 showdowns we have. We'll get into more of those tomorrow. Um, obviously, it, it goes fast. I mean, we've got, I think, seven, eight more weeks left. And, you know, I always say it's 100 days from that week zero start. And, getting right about on the midway point it's we're, been real it's been a lot of fun so far we're rolling right through um so yeah so for the first time since uh i guess week one we did not have a coaching change but we did have one in the nfl that is going to echo throughout college football carolina panthers fired matt rule yesterday and so he is immediately going to be a hot commodity on the college coaching scene. Uh, you did a piece on him yesterday at SportingNews.com. We looked at his his time at Temple, uh, his time at Baylor. He turned both of those programs around. Uh, but he had a background in the NFL before he got to college. When he had an opportunity to go to the, uh, the Panthers, he took it, uh, struggled for two and a half years. Uh, but I don't think that's going to have a negative effect on his college stock should somebody reach back out to him. Uh, Bill, talk about the three spots you thought might be good fits for him on jobs that are currently open. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I mean, you know, Arizona State has been linked to him. And to be clear, I mean, he's a guy that we were in our budget meeting at Sporting News yesterday, and some Carolina fans were excited he was gone. Now, some guys some guys just don't fit in the NFL. I thought he might. I, I thought he might. I thought he won the press conference, his Giants background. I thought he'd be more successful than he was in the NFL. Some of that was the quarterback situation in Carolina wasn't ideal. I mean, let's be honest. That's how you keep a job in the NFL is you get attached to a pretty good quarterback. I mean, you you could coach forever in one spot. That's why Zach Taylor will be at the Bengals for the next 15 years. But I digress. I mean, he's a guy that's going to have to go to a, a fixer-upper school. It's what he did at Temple. It's what he did at uh, Baylor. I think on the college scene, he's a little more worldly too. He appeals to Arizona State, who I mentioned first. I think they need a clean up with everything that happened with Herm Edwards, the NCAA, the bad quarterback play. I think he would fit at Georgia tech. I mean, you're a little closer down there. I don't know what the temperature is down there as much. So that one seems a little different. I mean, the, the ultimate fixer upper is Colorado right now. They've, they've fallen off the national stage completely. They're not the Colorado you and I grew up with, but they could be good. You could find talent in Colorado. So I think, Arizona State and Colorado would make the most sense. But as most people have been pointing out to me on Twitter, why would you go to work if you get a $40 million buyout? (laughs) (laughs) And it's hard not to agree with that logic. He may take a year off and then reassess, and then we might see him resurface when some other job openings come up. I could see that. That's probably the most realistic scenario, honestly. Coach is coach. Coach is coach, and he loves to coach. There's no doubt. Interesting thing I read uh, when he chose Baylor, he, when he chose to lose te- uh, to leave Temple after a couple of 10 win seasons, he had an opportunity to go to Oregon and he was choosing between Oregon and Baylor and he picked Baylor. Uh, Matt Fortuna had a, a story on him in the athletic uh, today. And it was interesting to read that he, he doesn't follow the path you might think he would follow. I think the, Obviously, the best jobs open right now are are Wisconsin and Nebraska. That wouldn't be a slam dunk for him. Georgia Tech, you mentioned, they are finalizing an AD hire this week. And then, obviously, that AD will will make the move. I don't know who it's going to be. It would be interesting to see if there are any ties between their future AD and Rule. I think Rule would – that's a fixer-upper. No question about it. There is talent in Georgia. Georgia Tech has been good in the past. He could rescue that program 
and, and reinvigorated a little bit. That would be a cool fit for him, and I think it would be a good thing for for Georgia Tech. Because they might I don't keep I, they might keep Brent Key though. I mean, they might. He's won two games, right? Right. Like like he's a. I'm wondering, Bill. Like we we do all these coaching lists. Like Brent Key's one, and Mickey Joseph's another one. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. They uh, they may stay. They may stick and stay. So this is wild. All yeah, it was, a, it was a heck of a weekend for interim coaches. Right. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so they all won. They right. all won. Arizona State won. Wisconsin won. Nebraska won. Georgia Tech won. They the, the Power Five interim coaches went four and zero this weekend. Which that's wild. That's a good stat. Is, that is wild. Um, <clears throat> that was really really crazy. So, yeah, it's exciting to have another big name. You know, a guy that never gets talked about. I don't know if he should or not. That's along the same lines, uh, Tom Herman is out there and I don't know how attractive he would be, but he was such a hot name. just a few years ago did not succeed at Texas enough. And then he was let go, but he, he would be to me, he's a college coach. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, he should be on someone's list here and there somewhere along the lines. Yeah, if he gets back into the college game, he certainly would be interesting. But um, yeah, I mean, with role though, we'll see. I, I think I saw CBS Dennis Dodd's report that he he Nebraska would shoot up the top of that list. Another play. I mean, if he did it at Baylor, he could do it in Nebraska. I think his his way appeals way more on the college campus. It doesn't mean I, I honestly don't care that he didn't do well with the Panthers. I mean, the pan. It's not like the Panthers are a top flight NFL organization. You know, they've had blips of success, but in by and large, they've been around 500 most of their franchise history. So yeah, I think he'll do fine w- whenever he resurfaces. All right, let's move on to a team that really solidified itself into the top 10, top 15 conversation this weekend. And that's UCLA. They took on Utah in a top 20 showdown to undefeated team or actually Utah was not undefeated. They were undefeated in the PAC 12 uh, and U- UCLA put it on them. They led the whole game. They were up. They should have won by 17. They had a pick six with 30 seconds to go to make it a 10 point win, but it was a decisive victory against a very good team. Uh, Dorian Thompson, Thompson Robinson, terrific. Again, he has put himself possibly in the Heisman conversation UCLA heading into a bye week. You watched a lot of that game. What did you walk away? What was your impression with UCLA after watching that? I mean, they're fast and physical, and the way that they just carved up Utah was really impressive. Utah had good defense coming into that game. They hadn't allowed more than 14.4 points per game. Picked Utah to win that game. Thought it, you know, no doubt. But a a lot of that is Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Zach Charbonnet. They have a very good backfield. To start with, Charbonnet, physical runner, he's fast, he's, he's veteran, great feet, great feet, he's great just... feet and vision, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Thompson Robinson is just efficient with the football. Aside from he threw a pick six at the end of the game that you know he, he would want back. Other than that, you, know, you look at his total offense, two hundred ninety point two yards per game. It's the same as CJ Stroud. It's the same exact number as CJ Stroud. What he's doing for UCLA, um, they we moved them into the Rose Bowl in our latest – or the Cotton Bowl in our latest bowl projections. Um, 
They play Oregon. That's fun again, you know, with Chip Kelly. So um, can he get in the Heisman race? I mean, their last Heisman guy that finished in the top three was Cade McDown. So that you'd have to go back almost 25 years. And then Troy Aikman 10 years before that. So, but to put Dorian Thompson Robinson in the same sentence as Cade McNown and Troy Aikman, they had successful Rose Bowl teams. So yeah, it's been awesome to see. And we, you and I, one of the things we disagree on a lot of things, but we do agree that they have the best home uniform in college football. And <laughs> that was on display. It looked pretty good. It always looks good in that sunlight out there in California. Yeah. DTR 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. And like we said, the one of them was a 30 second to go th- uh, throwaway that didn't hurt UCLA at all. Um, I, I really think that, yeah, between him and Chardonnay, and that they're going to get a big, a lot of attention on that game next week, mm-hmm. going into Oregon, the whole Chip Kelly thing. And you feel like Oregon's had about 17 coaches since Chip Kelly left, but Oregon's been on a roll too. That's going to be another fun Pac 12 showdown. This, we've had a bunch. We've they had a few already, back. and then yeah. we got another one this week, and we're gonna have another one next week. Like the 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 conference that was getting torn apart this summer when it was announced USC and UCLA were leaving, and now here in the fall, they're really putting together probably one of their most entertaining seasons in the last five years. Oh, big game every week, like you said. I mean, I'll ask you this: Do you think UCLA is better than USC right now? Yes, I do too. I, I do too. I think they. If they played tomorrow, I'd probably pick UCLA to win. But they don't play tomorrow. There's a lot to do. Now, and my opinion will change, and, and we'll probably talk about this tomorrow a little bit, but if USC beats Utah, I'll, my opinion will change because they, they that would mean they've gone to Utah, passed a road test. Um, bottom line, that's going to be a fun game. USC-UCLA, that's going to be, if we were making a list of like the best games of the second half of the season, it would probably be two right now behind – Ohio State, Michigan for me. I Maybe put, Georgia, Tennessee, three. I put uh, something in my Twitter feed about L.A. has two Heisman-level quarterbacks playing right now, and the UCLA fans were quick to point out DTR's numbers are so much better than Caleb Williams' numbers on Saturday. So yeah. they're fired up. They're fired yeah, up. It's good they, to see. Yeah, let's, let's get, let's get them in, inside the Rose Bowl for some of these games. Yeah, it's about time they're fired up. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun if, if those two continue on that crash course for sure. Another fan base that is fired up, but not for the right reasons, the Oklahoma Sooners. They lost 49 to nothing. And if it's possible to say it wasn't that close, it wasn't that close. At the Red River shootout, uh, the Sooners are in disarray. They've lost three games for the first time in about 20-something years. They look incompetent on defense. They look incompetent on offense without Dylan Gabriel, who's been out with a concussion. Don't know if he's coming back this week or not. Bill Conley from ESPN had an interesting story yesterday about their performance the last three weeks in terms of just against the spread. It's one of the worst three-week stretches in the last 25 years in terms of just you know what they were favored and then how it played out on the field uh, and losses to – uh, what was it? Kansas State and TCU, TCU, and, and Texas, and then Texas. So yeah, three straight losses. Nice. And what do you think has happened to that team? Because 
I remember you walked away from the Nebraska game feeling really good about them. Did, and they don't play defense. They, they've they given up 500 or more total yards in the last three weeks. Dylan Gabriel's in, again, their they're quarterback injuries factor in, right? It, when Dylan Gabriel went down, that's, okay, you're not beating Texas probably. I, I think I picked him on this show to cover thinking Gabriel might play. But, yeah, they, they're dysfunctional right now. And they've been dysfunctional a little bit since the beginning of the season. Remember they fired an assistant coach before the season started? Um you never know. I mean, like with locker rooms, you just never know what's going on. Um, I'll tell you right now, if you're an Oklahoma fan, you'd rather have Josh Heupel than Brent Venables. I mean, that's another problem. Josh Heupel, every time they see him win, that's going to – because that's how Oklahoma likes to win, the way Tennessee is winning with 50 points a game and you can't stop our offense and our quarterback's efficient. Um, they're not doing that right now. And I, I, I'm stunned that they're favored by this much this week. And I know I've been making jokes about Kansas for weeks, but not only do I think Kansas could cover, I think they're the better team right now. Now, I say that Oklahoma could have that rise up moment. We're at home. We've got to remind somebody, you know, big 12 games are just, they're weird for me. I've I've talked about them for years. I don't necessarily like watching big 12 games because the football, the big 10 football me is (laughs) I can't, you like them. I don't. I don't like – what did I text you during uh, TCU Kansas? I said they're playing flag football in the second half. It, flag it, football in the second half. It might be exciting for others, but when there's just no – if if it's high-level offensive execution, which is what was going on there, that's fine. But if it's just horrendous defense, which Oklahoma is playing, I'm not cool with that. So, you know, you can make fun of me all you want. I'd rather watch Purdue-Minnesota than – than some of those Big 12 games when they get up to that number. Iowa, Illinois? No, maybe not that <laughs> one. Maybe not a 9-6-er. But, like, execution is what – but, obviously, that Kansas-TCU game was super exciting. But point being, I just don't think teams can win a national championship without defense. And, and that's always been the knock on the Big 12. And who's their last national champion? Texas. And they had a defense in 2005. They had a bunch of NFL guys on that defense. So you talk about the tech, you talk about, you know, a quarterback situation and Dylan Gabriel was out. There's been a lot of teams that have had to play backup quarterbacks here this year, including Kansas on Saturday. Right. And they continued to play at a high level. So you can't necessarily blame it all on the okay. quarterback. I mean, you need to have sorry, hold on. You need to have a, a backup quarterback at this point. Texas has had to use two quarterbacks. Notre Dame has had to use two quarterbacks. Uh, there's a lot of teams out there um, that have had to do it. And so I, I'm i as stunned as you. I don't right. know what has gone on in Oklahoma. Um, you should have a second quarterback that is functional. They were not functional on Saturday on offense or defense. No, and, and they got beat, and Texas smelled that and, and – stunning to me that they won 49 nothing but you know it's kind of our next topic I I think a lot of that had to do with Quinn Ewers and Quinn Ewers is as advertised I like it when five-star guys like him come as advertised right like we we as you know college football fans like to concentrate on the bust and make those lists but this dude is as advertised right now And, and 
we can talk about his mullet all you want. He yeah, I <laughs> could care less. That kid's got game. He's big time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, yeah. So speaking of, this is might be a ridiculous thought, but what if you're Arch Manning watching college football on Saturday afternoon and you see Quinn Ewers absolutely tearing it up, living up to all of his incredible expectations, and you're thinking – Am I supposed to beat that guy out next year if I want to play football? And then Saturday night you sit down and you watch the other team that you were close to committing to in Alabama, and they give Jalen Milrow the start with Bryce Young hurt. Bryce Young will be gone next year. And is Arch Manning thinking, I think Jalen Milrow would be easier to beat out than Quinn Ewers if I want to play as a freshman. If he wants to play as a freshman. That's that's the big question. So I, I got a message or a DM, whatever, a response to a tweet on Saturday. And it was uh, somebody said, you know, this is ridiculous. Stop feeding into the Quinn Ewers rhetoric. The plan all along is the redshirt Manny. Now, this is a fan doing it, but the logic actually makes sense. For one out of 100 tweets that I get, it made sense. <laughs> um, but, because, yeah, he could go there and ease in, play behind Ewers for a year build the recruiting class, develop all these people. A lot of the concern is, oh, Arch Manning's playing this competition. Well, he's probably playing against some pretty high-level competition at these seven-on-sevens and those kind of things, though. So I'm really zero worried about that. Um, And you allow him to ease into the college game. And if that happens for Texas, that would be huge for Sark because then you would go transition from one. I'm pretty comfortable. I just had this talk at the bus stop with – somebody one of my daughter's friends dads of all things i i said yeah yours will probably get drafted higher than cj stroud maybe like it's not and i didn't feel like oh that's a bizarre statement like he's he's really good it could be one of those deals where ohio state fans look back at this like they did the haskins and burrow thing if if yours is as advertised so he's really good arch is really good they can make that plan work. I think from the Alabama angle, you raise an interesting point, though, Bill, because they're looking at Eli Holstein, Ty Simpson, Jalen Morrell next year. Milrow, he can run. He's an amazing. He looks like Michael Vick running down the field. But they did not trust him throwing the ball down the field against Texas A&M at all. No, he lost his confidence when he started to fumble the ball a little right. bit, and he was hesitant, and that's not a defense you can be hesitant against. And that was the result. Was they did they didn't trust him, and I don't think he trusted himself. Right. And that was part of the 
part of the struggles. I think Alabama can win with him. They've proven it. You know, they did uh, when he came in, uh, when Young got hurt uh, the previous week, he did fine and, 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 you know, put Arkansas away eventually. That's what they expected against A&M didn't happen. But, you know, he's young. He'll, he'll get more experience. But it was just an interesting thought that came to me that Texas, I mean, you, you're not, I don't know, you're going to beat yours out. And I don't know if, 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 you know, I think the high school kids, the five-star quarterbacks look at college as a three-year deal now, right. right? I mean, they want to go to the NFL after three years. And so if you're looking at it for three years and you know, you're not going to start for one, people have obviously done well with two years of starting and, and go. And I think Manning is a mature kid. He understands the big picture and sitting for a year and then playing two. It's not going to hurt his NFL career. It's not going to hurt his draft status or anything like that. But, you know, uh, frankly, it was I was surprised he picked Texas over Alabama. I just you're surrounded right. by so much talent at, at Alabama and, and, and you're coached by one of the greatest of all time. And they've had so many first round picks there. But he chose Texas and uh, now he might have to wait in line. Yeah. And it'll be interesting. The other end of that is because it's Manning. This isn't like. JJ McCarthy, it's the Manning name. And we're gonna write a lot about it next year. You you we are. I mean, just why is Arch Manning the second string quarterback? Why is should Arch Manning, you know, the first incompletion Quinn Ewers has? Why <laughs> why is Quinn Ewers so inefficient? You know, that that is something they'll have to deal with there. But if Ewers and Manning, who when you look back at all the recruiting stuff, they were tied at the hip on his recruiting visits. If they're tight, then it doesn't matter what we write. It really doesn't because then if Manning actually goes there, that means what he expects is probably, yeah, I'm probably going to sit for a year. And um, like I said, Quinn, you star could really take off here. I, I think they could win the big 12 and that's, that's probably a little hyperbole because they'll probably slip up somewhere, but um, and it's hard to ignore how good their offense looked with him under center. And remember, and it's still hard not to wonder bill. What if he doesn't get hurt against Alabama? No doubt. No doubt. And can you imagine if they do go through, run the table, win the Big 12, Manning's already committed, Manning signs? I mean, can we say Texas is back at that point? No, I think we could. If they get to a New Year's Day Six Bowl and have all that momentum, it'd be a top five ranking next year. But that's, again, when we do these things with Texas, we know know what happens. (laughs) Inevitably, something happens. Final thoughts before we wrap it up on our Tuesday edition here at the All-America Podcast. I was looking at the division races, Big Ten West and the ACC Coastal. They both look just like this giant jumble where teams like Nebraska and Georgia Tech, Mm -hmm. who have fired their coaches because they were playing so poorly, are still in the race. Which race do you think is crazier? The Big Ten West where we've got a three-way tie for first between Illinois, Purdue, and, yes, Nebraska. And then the ACC Coastal, where North Carolina is on top at 2-0, and and then you've got one, two, three, three teams. Georgia Tech, two can pit all with one loss. Um, sort out those messes for me. No, I mean, like, you Slack messaged me the other day and said, you have Georgia Tech in the bowl? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're three and three, and they probably can get to six. Their schedule's a little rough, but 
in that division, why not? So I, I think that said, the ACC Coastal to me is North Carolina's to lose. I think they're the best team in that division. I think they have the best quarterback, the best offense. They played Duke this week. Um, they yeah, I was going to ask you, who's the, if you had to make a guess, who's the betting favorite in each? Who's the betting favorite right. in the ACC? Well, they don't have to play Clemson. I, I checked it just before. Who's the, who's, the, who's the Coastal favorite right now? Right now? Yes. Probably betting North Carolina. Favorite. It is North Carolina. Yeah, now, who, who do you think the betting favorite is in the Big Ten West? Oh, that's, um, <laughs> that's a tougher question. Minnesota? Yes. Yeah, just because of the crossover games. Like Illinois still has to play Michigan. That's it's so when you follow the Big Ten, it's so and every Big Ten fan does it that when they look at the West, they look at the crossover games to see how many of like Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan they have to play. Because mm-hmm. it's like a handicap in golf. Like that's like, <laughs> oh, we lost a stroke there and we're gonna lose a stroke there. Um well, and that's the thing. Six teams in the Big Ten West are 500 or better. They're all bull teams. I can't believe when you do those bull projections every Sunday, I kind of have my routine, and I just chuckled. I was like, I have Nebraska and Georgia Tech in bull games, and I don't feel bad about it. Like, I don't have Michigan State in one, though. And that's the other crazy part is they they still have to play Wisconsin, Michigan, Penn State, and they've lost four times. They could lose easily to Wisconsin this weekend, but we'll get into that tomorrow. So – I do think it's the Big Ten West because Brett Bielema in Indianapolis is crazier to me than Mac Brown in Charlotte. Now, if Georgia Tech somehow won that division <laughs> and Nebraska won the Big Ten West, we can have <laughs> a full conversation about what, you know, there's a there's three wet letters that you text to people sometimes that, that I'd be asking that question. The year of the interim coach. Right. That's crazy. That would be great. So anyway, all right. Well, I think that does it for our Tuesday edition of the All America podcast. Thanks for joining us. Remember to join us tomorrow for our Wednesday edition. We're going to look ahead to a spectacular week seven. Tons of great matchups to look at. Uh, we got Penn State, Michigan. We're going to have Alabama, Tennessee. It's going to be a really, really fun week out west. We'll have Utah, USC. We'll break them all down for you tomorrow. But for now, For Bill Winner, I'm Bill Trochi. Thanks for joining us, everybody.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.